Coming up on Let's Get to the Points. But I need to book something before they devalue just like Turkish just did. That Turkish devaluation, it hit hard. Turkish Airlines just announced that in their program, it's going to cost more miles for their awards. So out of nowhere, boom! Turkish miles devalue, and now we're gonna need almost twice as many miles for the same redemption. And later. So I haven't told you guys this, but I'm going to do a live account opening application right now. What? <laughs> Let's do it. Wow. <laughs> I am. We haven't done this on the show yet. And then submit application. Yay! Okay, validating your information. Ooh, Green oh check. Mm. Reviewing mm. your finances. Okay, okay. Green check. Okay. Processing your application, green check. Oh my god, just hurry up. <laughs> now, let's get to the points. From passion for points, it's Serena. From travel sergeant, it's Miguel. From Nicole's travel tips, it's Nicole. And from seat to a suite, it's Mitch Shannon. Hi there, and thank you for joining us on Let's Get to the Points audio and video podcast, where we bring you the very best in tips and tricks in the world of miles, points, and travel. I'm Mitch Shannon, joined by my co-hosts, who are the most brilliant-minded people you're going to find in everything that has to do with points, miles, and travel. First up, from Passion for Points, it's Serena. Hi, everyone. From the Travel Sergeant, it's Miguel. Yeah, what's up? And from Nicole's Travel Tips, it's Nicole. Hello. Please help us out by clicking that subscribe button now to our YouTube channel, Spotify, Apple Podcast, and wherever you watch or listen. Also, give us a like and leave us a comment below and let us know what you think about our show. Now it's time to do it. Let's get to the points. As we start show number 39 tonight, I wanted to get something off of my chest. So I'm going to ask everyone for a very quick two minutes as I share a couple of thoughts that are on my mind. So recently, there was some feedback that came across that made mention of the fact that we might be flexing, showboating a little bit on our part on the show. And I just wanted to say a few things about this. So for me, I'm a big believer in intent. What is the intent? behind something. We share our travel stories, our tips, our tricks, because we want to inspire you. The goal of our show, regardless of whatever level in points, miles, and credit cards that you might be at, is to motivate you to book that trip, lock in that hotel booking, or ticket that first class award seat. We share all of this with you because our fundamental goal each week is to come together in a space with you to talk and share about our stories about what we love most using our credit card points and miles to explore the world. Now, what we do is no different in any way than what you can do as well. You can book that first class seat on Etihad. You too can book that room at the Park Hyatt Kyoto. The difference, we simply want to motivate you, our loyal viewer, our loyal listener, to make your aspirational goals and dreams a reality. So thank you to you who stops by each week to learn, to laugh, and to book that award travel. Good job, Mitch. It was longer than two minutes, though. <laughs> okay. I was, <laughs> All I was thinking about was core values, core values. <laughs> I just want to caveat that a little bit. And when he said that you can book that first class Etihad flight, he wasn't talking about Serena. So anybody else. <laughs> 
have to bring it up every episode. Like, do we every have to? Every time. Every time. Yes. Oh, that is a burn. I need to come up with something else that you can talk about. <laughs> I just didn't want to interrupt you, but I was like, I was like, oh, I got to say this. <laughs> It needed to be said, and that's important. Yeah. So just so you know, Miguel keeps sending me Etihad First Class Apartment <laughs> Award Availability, and I say no every single time. Nope. He tells me, just book it. Nope, you I'm should. not booking you it. Should. You got an F ton of extra points. Use those. <laughs> so what if we just, you know, flex a little more? Flex on what stuff we book, what stuff we inspire people to book. You know, we share the wins of people booking the stuff we talked about. Flex on people. Flex on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's change things up a little bit. Let's do a little flexing right now. How does that sound? Or maybe some big news, you know? There's some good stuff, but I think it's time to flex on Frontier, you know? I mean, who flexes about Frontier? Miguel? Yeah. <laughs> so this past weekend, I had my first flight on Frontier. Now that I have their diamond status, I think it was called previously 100K or something, but now it's called diamond status. And I did a status match a few months ago, anticipating trips to Vegas uh, for this year, I flew to Vegas with eight companions and these benefits applied to everybody in my itinerary. So we all had free seat selection. We all had free check bags, free carry on and agent assistance, which they charged maybe $15 for. I don't normally need the agent assistance, but when we were checking our bags in Vegas, there was a line at the bag drop and there was no line where there's agent assistance and they normally charge you for that. But because I have status, I was able to just go to them and check my bags there, drop off my bags there. And so with this one trip, I already got my money's worth. I paid, I think, $150 to do this status match. And I saved, I don't know, like $800 with all the bags and seat selections that we all did. So I see a few more trips on Frontier this year for me. Don't y'all ever say about spirit again okay spirit does not charge you to go to an agent i mean everything else yes but to go to the agent is still free on spirit but i like the idea of these kind of airlines because you pay as you go and if you're okay with taking a backpack not having to talk to an agent then you can get some amazing deals on these low-cost airlines so flex on miguel flex on <laughs> now something else i learned recently was that if you actually buy the tickets at the airport you save about 20 $23 per segment. Now, I, I know that was a thing for Spirit, but I didn't know Frontier did that. So now I'm like, man, I could have saved three, $400 if I had bought the tickets at the airport. So next time I plan a trip, I'm actually going to go into the airport. And I, I think there's only like a two hour window before the daily flight that I can go in and talk to someone. So I'm going to take a trip down there and see if I can get them for even lower. I, I did that before. For we were heading to Chicago, a bunch of us were going. I think you remember Miguel. We were going on a runcation. I bought eight round trip tickets to go to Chicago and we saved $40 each way. So the ticket came out to $40 with taxes and fees round trip. I would say if it's just one ticket you're buying, it probably isn't worth going to the airport, parking, waiting in line. But if you're buying tickets for eight people, it adds up, especially if it's round trip. So Miguel, I know you went to Vegas on Frontier. What are some other destinations that you would like to go to on Frontier? Well, since I can do family polling, I made accounts for everybody in my family, everybody in my group, and I pulled those. Now I have like 40,000 Frontier miles, and I actually want to use them to go down either to the Caribbean or to Central America. I didn't know they flew down there. Yeah, they fly to Guatemala. And I think for the international flights, it's only 15,000 miles each way. I'm trying to see what I can do with those. But yeah, I want to probably go out to the Caribbean and use up my, my miles with Frontier. The only thing is that when I'm searching from El Paso to the Caribbean, it doesn't show up because I think you can only do maybe one layover. So I have to probably start in Denver 
uh, to be able to redeem those miles if I want to get all the way to the Caribbean from using Frontier. You know, Frontier flies to Jamaica, just saying. That's on top of my list. So Miguel, I want to know, can you talk about the experience on board Frontier? Like, how's the seat pitch? Did you get snacks? What is it like on that low-cost carrier? Because, you know, we know what it's like on Spirit. What is it like on Frontier? I, I, I just want to know. So flying on Frontier, it's kind of an advanced screening on what it's going to be like flying with Southwest now that they're switching up their seats and to these cardboard, <laughs> cardboard seats. <laughs> it, it's not bad. I mean, for short flights, it's maybe like not even a two-hour flight. It was fine. Wait, did your butt hurt though? Did you have to switch cheek to cheek? <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> no, no, it was, it, was, it was, I mean, it's a short flight, so that's fine. One thing to note on these low-cost carriers like Frontier and Spirit is that the seats do not recline, not even a little bit. There's no button on the side. Don't look for them. Once you get in and you sit like this, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. That means the person in front of you won't recline on you. Well, that, right? that's people an upside. Complain, yeah. People complain about that all the time. But the staff was nice, at least out in Vegas, and they did give my kids some wings. And then I asked them about trading cards, and they also have trading cards. They're not as nice as the Delta ones, but they have some trading cards. You know, it makes it fun for the kids, I guess. And I bet those trading cards are like nowhere to be found now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did they charge you for the trading cards? No, no, they didn't. But they do charge for everything else. Not even free water. Did you and your family enjoy flying on Frontier? Yeah, we had a good time. I mean, it was uneventful. So I'm definitely going to try to book something before these Frontier miles devalue because 40,000 might seem like a lot. It's pretty much their sign-up bonus is 50,000 miles if you get their card, which we don't recommend. But I need to book something before they devalue just like Turkish just did. That Turkish devaluation, I mean, it hit, it hit hard. So that's why a lot of people in points and miles encourage you, like when you earn the miles, take that trip, take that redemption, because you never know when these points will devalue. Turkish Airlines just announced that in their program, it's going to cost more miles for their awards. So it used to be that it was 45 to 47,000 points to fly from the US to Europe. And now it's going to be much more than that. So out of nowhere, boom. <laughs> Turkish miles devalue. And now we're going to need almost twice as many miles for the same redemption. So some of those sweet spots that people use with Turkish was the 7,500 mile to fly anywhere in the U.S., even other way to Hawaii on United in economy, or the 45,000 miles, like Nicole said, to go in business class from the U.S. to, to Europe. And now some of those are going to be doubled. So earn and burn. So I've been saving my city thank you points and Capital One Venture miles specifically to transfer them to Turkish for one of these sweet spots. And now, you know, that's all gone. So I, I still have him. I, know, I don't know what I'm going to do with him yet, but this is why you need to have a plan and earn and burn. I think it's even more than that, Miguel, have a plan. You got to have a plan B and a plan C because exactly what you just said, you were saving your city points for Turkish miles and smiles. Now it's completely changed and it's completely changed the game. So having a backup plan to the original plan, I think is the best strategy that anyone can have when you're doing the points and miles. Let me give you a little bit of honesty here. As probably the newest person in the points and miles group here, I hear about all these stories and things you guys used to do. Like, for example, the whole SBG story. I'm like, wow, that was amazing back then. And this time I'm on the other side of it. We were able to book five business class seats from the U.S. to Turkey. And I got in in the nick of time. So the lounge lizard is going to head to the Istanbul lounge. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
saddened about the miles because at least I get to go once. But I was hoping to be able to use these miles to go to Istanbul and beyond because it was a great deal. I mean, 47,000 to fly 10, 15 hours in business class. I mean, no other airlines has that kind of deal. Yeah, it's always a sad day when we see a devaluation like this. So a lot of people, in order to get their Turkish miles, what they've been doing is transferring from Capital One, City, or Built. And I've been wanting to get more Capital One miles and more City miles so that I can diversify. I've talked about this in the past where I want to diversify my point stash. And so I was looking at Capital One miles so that I could transfer them eventually to Turkish for an award like this. But you know what? I'm still thinking about the Capital One miles, even with this devaluation. So the award ticket from the U.S. to Hawaii or Alaska, it was 7,500 miles one way in economy before, but now it's 10,000 miles. And that's not that bad. I also might want to use Capital One miles to book Vacasa vacation rentals through Wyndham if I wanted to. And they also transfer to a lot of other airlines. Capital One miles are still on my radar. And I'm specifically looking at the Capital One VentureX business card. The welcome bonus for the Capital One VentureX business card is 150,000 miles after spending $20,000 in three months. Previously, this threshold was $30,000 in three months. So it has recently lowered and it now makes it way more appealing for me. But $20,000 is still a lot to spend. So I would want to time it right with big purchases like paying property taxes or estimated income taxes. The welcome bonus is two tiered. You will get another 150,000 miles after spending a total of $100,000 in six months, but I'm not going to do that. Here are some key factors about the Capital One Business Venture X card. Most Capital One business cards report to your personal credit report and will therefore affect your 524. But this particular card does not affect your 524. So that is a benefit. The annual fee is $395. You'll earn 2X on everything. There's a $300 annual travel credit on bookings through the Capital One Travel Portal. There's a $100 Global Entry or TSA PreCheck credit. You get 10,000 bonus miles on your card anniversary, and then you get lounge access for you and two guests. What I really like about this card is the Priority Pass also includes restaurants. So with Capital One approvals, they usually only approve one card for you every six months. They usually only allow two cards maximum per user. Capital One also pulls from all three credit bureaus for each application. And some people care about that. So I haven't told you guys this, but I'm going to do a live account opening application right now. What? Let's do it. Wow. <laughs> we haven't done this on the show yet. I know. I think I need some You're adrenaline brave. medication. <laughs> <Maybe. Brave. laughs> so we all know that Capital One is very tricky with approvals. Mm. People with excellent credit and haven't opened any cards recently will get denied for no reason. Their algorithm is, you know, nobody knows how their algorithm works. There's no rhyme or reason. So I have no idea if this is going to be a approval or a denial. So I am sharing this with you guys and our audience, and you get to see what happens. Insert oh, drum roll music here. <laughs> I am so nervous about this. So I'm going to open this card in my husband's name. <laughs> Yay. Don't worry. I've asked him for permission already. And just to give you some history, he has the Venture card, the Venture personal card, and he's had it for over two years. His 524 is 224. He's only opened two personal cards within the last two years. I've only opened business cards for him. So I was actually 
actually really surprised when I saw his 224 number. And he has excellent credit. It's his credit scores maybe in the 800s. I don't know. I don't check that often, but it's it's high enough. So let's see how he does on this application. Oh. Parker. <laughs> I'm very nervous. You are? Well, whenever I apply for a credit card, it's just like, you know, kind of psyching yourself up in your head, right? Am I going to get it? Am oh, I not going to get it? Then there's the adrenaline yeah. as the page loads, as you're typing in the information. It's a process. So I'm... That feeling never changed. And that forever loading, oh God. what I try <laughs> to tell myself is, first of all, you're going to get approved. You're totally going to get approved. I mean, of course, you're going to get approved. You have great credit who wouldn't want you <laughs> to have their credit card and then every so often not very often you get that denial i don't know if it happens to you guys but when i get denied i'm like <laughs> i'm not worthy i'm such a bad person but everybody goes through it right you get approved yeah. you get denied you get sent to reconsideration all those things happen. It's not you, it's them. I was denied for the Venture X, and then I was denied for the a personal aviator card. And for that one, I applied a couple years after the initial denial, thinking I was not going to get it, but I was like, ah, I could really use some AA miles. And I got approved, and it was like a low bonus, maybe 50,000 miles, but I was happy that I got approved. I'm like, because I was not expecting it at all. So You're yeah, like, you just never guess know. Guess who's back? <laughs> back again. <laughs> I'm the complete opposite. Like, I always think I'm going to get declined. I'm going to get not approved. So then when it does come through, it's even more excitement. So I, I take the different approach. Okay. So I filled in all his um, personal information and it asks for business role. And for this, I'm going to put owner because he's the owner of his business. I'm explaining all of this. So maybe you can benefit from any questions that appear on the application that you might have trouble with. And so for total annual income, I'm actually going to put our entire household income, not just the income for the business itself, but your entire household income is okay. So it asks the question, do you typically use your credit card for cash advances? I'm, I'm gonna, it's an optional question, but I checked no. Business legal structure, I'm gonna say sole proprietorship. And for legal name, I always use our first and last name for business name. My business address is always the same as my home address. And then I just use his cell phone number for his business phone number. But you've briefed him, right? So when he gets, if he gets a call, he knows, right? <laughs> he does, he You have will. to provide him with a yes. script. <laughs> <laughs> It asks for employer identification number, which is EIN. I don't have one for him, so I'm going to check the box that says my business doesn't have an EIN. And then you're going to put in like business information, like how old is the business? What industry is it in? In my head, I think they got some of those categories tagged, like the adult entertainment or the betting, sports betting or whatever. If you select one of those, I think they're just going to deny you. In my head, I, I don't think that's true. Really? Enough, but... No, no, you are correct. Um, I'm not sure for every bank, but I remember when I was opening my first business checking account, I put teacher, I put education and that I was a tutor and it went to review. And then when I called and I explained to the lady, you know, that I do tutoring and education and she goes, we do not lend for that. She's like, redo the application and use a whole new email and pick a different industry. I was like, okay. So it's asking how often do you typically carry a balance month to month on other cards? So this is an optional question. I'm not going to answer it. What is the largest purchase you plan on making with this card? Less than 5,000 between five and 10,000. It's got different options. I'm also going to leave that blank because it's an optional question. Okay. We're getting to it. So I'm looking at disclosures. I'm going to click continue now and it has it makes it wants to make sure that everything looks right continue again and then submit application Yay! okay validating your information Ooh, green oh check mm, reviewing mm, your mm. finances okay okay green check okay 
processing your application, green check. Oh my God, just hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> Approved, no presets. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> approved wow that's great yes. approved yeah there's some fireworks Yay. <laughs> okay so we have an approval you know and not everybody's going to get approved this was just luck you know and it really is luck with capital one sometimes so if you don't get approved don't feel bad just try again in a few months wow that's that's going to be a lot of miles there serena what are you going to do with them so I know we talked about having plans, but I don't have a plan for these miles. <laughs> <laughs> My sole purpose was oh. to diversify, mm. you know, take a break from Chase and American Express, focus on Capital One for a little bit, take it easy with those other banks, try to build up a Capital One stash for when I need them. They're still valuable. They can be transferred to, to many airlines. I don't know, maybe I'll use them for our winter break trip next next winter. I'm not sure. Sorry, I don't have a plan. <laughs> but <laughs> you should have doesn't... a plan. <laughs> you should definitely have a plan. <laughs> I know these miles are not slated for anything in economy. That's for sure. <laughs> Another thing about Capital One is they have purchase eraser. So you can actually use your miles to erase purchases that you make on the card that are for travel and that's great if you just want to save money you're booking a flight somewhere and you just want to save money or you're booking a tour and you don't want to pay for it out of pocket capital one miles are great for erasing that charge from your statement so fun fact capital one was actually my first transfer can you guess what i booked Think back. Let me give you a few clues. Mitch doesn't really like this place. Costa I've been Rica. there a couple of times. <laughs> oh, yes, no. that was my first points transfer ever. British Airways. British Airways, absolutely. The price of the ticket was about $1,000. And then I transferred 9,000 points to book from Miami to Liberia, Costa Rica. That was a steal. So the sign up is you got to spend 20,000 in three months. And that's kind of a lot, especially, you know, maybe for someone watching or listening so you must have a really big purchase on the horizon for yourself like i mentioned before i always say that you should time it right time it with big purchases so i have property taxes that are going to be due soon i'm also wanting to pay estimated income taxes for this year and so those are some big purchases that i save these large minimum spend thresholds for and then you can also look at buying groups we've talked about on the show that's another way to meet your minimum spend so some other things you can use to help meet minimum spend car insurance payments those are usually due every six months so if you time it right you can put those in there house remodeling maybe you want to redo a bathroom a kitchen maybe you just moved into a new house and you're buying furniture these are all big purchases that would help towards these minimum spends those are some good ideas, Nicole. But we want to know from you, what are other expenses that you use to meet minimum spending requirements aside from everyday expenses? Please let us know in the comments below. So congratulations to your husband, Serena, on his new Capital One card. Or is it your card? Or how, how do we... <laughs> How does that play out in your household? It's, it's, it's our it's, card. It's our card. <laughs> there you go. It's going to go in his wallet after I take out the card that's in there right now. She's going to give him the card and say, here's your card, but the Y is silent. <laughs> 
and after you add it to Apple Pay. And that's a that's a great tip, Nicole, that you mentioned. So yes, I'm going to add the card to my Apple Pay so I can use it too. And then I'm going to put the actual card in his wallet so that we can both use the card. Especially if you have teenage kids, like my kids are going to sporting events and that sort of thing. That way you can spread out the spend among exactly. the family. You know, it's our card. Yes. So Mitch, didn't you want to tell us about some terrible things that happened on your American Airlines flight? <laughs> terrible? That's that's a good word. Is that yeah. me being kind? Yeah, that's you being very kind. I don't know how dramatic I want to be about this. I don't know how... Let it out. Let it out. Let it out, right? Um, so yeah, we've been back now a couple of weeks from our recent trip to Australia. And, you know, I'm sure everyone's tired of hearing about that right now. Um, <laughs> but, you know, yeah, we can talk about our AA flight. So last week, it was all about Singapore Suites. That's what we talked about on our show. And you can go back and watch that episode if you haven't watched it yet. So after that flight, we spent the night in New Delhi. And we had purchased a one-way onward ticket from New Delhi to New York. Stopped in New York and then we came on home to Los Angeles and that was all inspired by Miguel. Final legs were on American Airlines and British Airways and it was just not good. Was the food terrible? Was the service terrible? Or was it just not good? Did you miss child time? <laughs> <laughs> Did they feed you from the trough? Oh. <laughs> not from their breast. Yeah. Oh dear. That's why that's why I'm struggling with this is because, you know, it's like we were on Singapore Airlines and I'm comparing them or maybe that experience kind of to that. So that's why I don't think it's fair. So first off, I'll start with British Airways and you asked about the food. Tell me what you think about this. All right. One of my biggest gripes about British Airways is unless you have status, you have to pay to select your seat in business class that just burns me in so many ways. So I bit the bullet. I went ahead and paid to select our seats and I selected seats more towards the front of the business cabin, maybe just slightly back a little bit towards the middle. Now, when they started service, they started at the front and they started at the back. So because we were kind of in the middle, we were the last to get our meals. <laughs> And that service, I'm not kidding. That flight was nine hours and 45 minutes. It took them three hours to finish that service for the first meal. And it's just, and we were the last ones because we were kind of in the middle with the seats that we had selected. How much was the seat selection? The seat selection came out, I think it was about a hundred pounds, which is, I think it was about 110, 115 US is how much we paid. That's a lot. For it, real, say it a hundred, a mm -hmm. hundred. I can't even say it. Sounds like frontier business practices there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you're paying to select a business class seat. I mean, that's absurd in my mind, but you know what? That's how British Airways is. So I guess the good part of it is, and I didn't really think about this, is it wasn't their, I'm just going to say it, it wasn't their old crappy business seats. And you know which one I'm talking about, right? Where it's like the two and the three and the two. This was like, you had your own space and you were kind of at an angle, the reverse herringbone. I think that's what they call them. That's the seat that we were able to select. I just feel like it should be against the law to have a business class product that has three seats together like there should not be a middle seat <laughs> like that's the whole reason you paid extra or you used extra points is to not have someone be in the middle if i do want to give a positive note about british airways and this isn't so much for me but it is for your mom serena they have this thing <laughs> called club world on british airways it's like their little mini refrigerator oh, and they have she all would these clean snacks. that out <laughs> No, no. I can see it now. No. Snacks, food, wait, wait. drinks, help yourself. So <laughs> I'm envisioning Shirley taking the pillowcase off the pillow yes. and clearing the refrigerator. Clearing it out. 
putting it over her shoulder. Yes. We could do a whole episode with your mom (laughs) going to the refrigerator on British Airways. (laughs) I I could see it. I think it would be great. Yeah. I could see it too. (laughs) You know, it was very disappointing because, and I'm still contemplating, should I write in and complain about that because I had to pay to select the seats and say, you know, we selected these seats because we wanted to get our meal right away. I, I don't know where that falls on the spectrum of complaints. Advocate for yourself. Yeah. I mean, I... You know, is it me complaining to get money back? Is it me complaining because I really was upset? I don't know where that falls. So I'm still struggling with that. I would just send an email. I mean, worst case is they say, no, you get some free miles or something. So if you didn't select a seat, you risk being apart from Paul Rick, right? Or in an undesirable location. Yeah. Which could have been desirable. Who knows? (laughs) At that point, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing that just... I don't understand why they do that at British Airways, why you have to pay to select those business class seats, because that's kind of what ended up happening is there was a couple, and I think one of them, I, I can't remember, I'd have to ask him, asked Polrit, you know, will you trade seats with me? And he's like, no, I paid to select this seat. This happens in business class. This should not happen in business It should class. not. Yeah. yeah. So that's the British Airways flight. So I don't know, maybe let me know in the comments whether you think how you feel about that. Am I right or am I wrong? But then we got to London and one thing I want to say about London is I think you guys all know this too. It is very spread out and it is difficult to get from one terminal to another. We were going from British to American Airlines and I set a timer and we are very savvy travelers. We are very good at knowing, you know, what train goes where, what connection goes where. So our connection in London, it took us 50 minutes to get from the British Airways plane. So we went from Terminal 5 to Terminal 3. So to get all the way around, we had to deplane, go down the escalator, get on a train, go all the way back up. Then we had to go through security again. And then security had an issue with the microphone. So they buzzed my bag, had to swab the mic. That took like an extra 10 minutes for that whole process to go through that. And then we made it to the American Airlines flight and they had just started boarding when we made it up. So our whole ground time of like two hours was completely gone. I think the word you're searching for is London is... (laughs) I had a different word. I had cluster... Uh, both are my favorite words. <laughs> two, two of my favorite words. So what about the American Airlines flight? So we went London to New York on American Airlines. It was on their 777. And first off, they had this weird red lighting. I, I didn't get it. It would just kind of come on every now and then. It would flash red and white. And then the champagne was served in a plastic cup and it was horrible. <laughs> it burned. That's how bad it was. It burns your throat. I could have used this to clean, uh, you know, a cut or some type of infection that I had on my hand. That's how bad it burned. So we bored and I don't know. I mean, there were several, there are many things wrong. So it wasn't the welcome or on board or anything like that from the crew. It was just kind of get on, sit down, shut up, which is fine. You know, it's business class. I'm okay with that. But then the problem started with the IFE, which is the in-flight entertainment. So we took off and I hit play. It doesn't start. Try to hit play again. Nothing's going. So they make an announcement. We're having an issue. They reset it. Wi-Fi doesn't work. So after I'd already paid $35 for the Wi-Fi, right? And then we go through this whole process. It doesn't work. They reset it seven times and it never worked the entire flight. So I was stuck editing our show instead of watching some movies or entertainment. Is that such a bad thing though, Mitch? I know. I I feel like we benefited from that. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> I think there's a word for that, um, divine intervention. <laughs> yep, it needed to be done, Mitch. Uh, it was a sign, <laughs> yeah. But I, I don't know. I mean, how would you feel going without in-flight entertainment for like a seven-hour flight. Wait, 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 wait. I, I could deal without wait, 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 And wait, wait, I think, I think, I think <laughs> someone else here has done it for even longer. <laughs> seven hours, you say? Seven. Chump change. <laughs> Try 13. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, it, I don't know. Maybe I was coming off my highest Singapore Airlines, but it just, yeah, it wasn't good. It wasn't You see, that's flight. your problem. You started from top down. I'm not sure what you were expecting, but... You have no one to blame but yourself. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. So Mitch, I need to know, are you advocating for yourself and contacting British Airways NAA about those IFE problems uh, to get some miles back? I think you should. I think I'm going to have to. I definitely think I'm going to do the British Airways one because I'm just paying for a seat to select in business. Yeah, that's not good. But yeah, the American Airlines, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. Do they even care at this point? I say go for it. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's worth trying. Okay, I'm going to take your advice. Let's see what everyone thinks. Put it in the comments if you think I should advocate for myself with American Airlines. So enough about my drama on American Airlines. It's time for this week's wins or losses. What wins and loss do you have for us this week, Nicole? It's so funny. Every time I check, there is more and more every week. And I get so excited because people are just flexing all their point redemptions, their vacations that they took, and they're just loving to share their stuff with us. So Lauren from This Is How We Do Trips booked her outbound leg for her South Africa trip, and she booked all her hotels on points. Yay, Lauren. Sack underscore man booked honeymoon flights to Bali, Singapore in business class. Wanda Ria paid her car insurance with a Visa gift card and is now earning tons of Hyatt points. And this is a Costa Rica one. New Woods booked the Andas in Papagayo. She also tried to use an award flight at one of your favorite hotels, Serena, the Park Hyatt Istanbul. But was told there was no availability. Keep checking. Yeah. Keep checking. Yeah. That's a fantastic property. So sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. Please keep sending us your wins, your lessons, and your losses. We'd love to share them here on the podcast. Now, I've got something very special for you as we move on to ask us one of our very special <laughs> listeners. Let's see it. Hey, guys. This is Heather Quintet from Portland, Oregon. Thank you so much for answering my question. I'm going to Greece in May, which I'm super excited about. And it's my first um, international award flight that I've booked. And it was Turkish Airlines, which was a little traumatic. It took me several days of trying to book that, calling in and having them not understand me. But anyway, I was able to do it and I'm very happy about that. But my question is, when we fly home, my flight leaves out of Athens at like 3.50 in the morning and it's Turkish business class. So we didn't book a hotel that night because of the time. So I just was wondering if there's any good lounges there um, for the Turkish business class. And also we fly into Istanbul and we get into Istanbul at 5.15 in the morning and I have an 11 hour layover. So wondering what you would recommend we do in Istanbul for 11 hours. Anyway, thank you so much much love your show I, I do not miss an episode okay how wonderful is it that we all finally get to put a face with the name one of our biggest fans it's heather quit touching 
Hi, Heather. <laughs> oh, Heather, thank you for your question. And it sounds like you got some long layover and some long sit time there on your trip coming up. But yeah, we can help. We got some advice for you. So we're going to start with Miguel and she's going to be in Athens. What do you recommend for her? So first of all, I loved Greece. So I hope you have a great time there. I'm sure you will. And second, I want to say good job on booking Turkish because as you can see, some of those sweet spots are gone now. So great job on booking that. And as far as the lounge options in Athens, I think because it's a Star Alliance flight, you should be able to access the Aegean flight because that's also a Star Alliance partner. However, at three in the morning, I don't know that they're going to be open. So I'd look into what hours they open. But if you can't get in through your ticket, you should be able to find a priority pass lounge if you have priority pass. What do you think, Mitch? So I just want to echo exactly what you said, Miguel. Congrats on booking that award, Heather. I can only imagine how difficult it was locking in that award on Turkish, but way to go. Power through that. You did a great job. And that's part of what our show is about. You know, we encourage each other, just like Miguel says, just book it. What I would have to say to Heather is, so I've had a couple of friends, Heather, do what I'm about to suggest, and it's a great way to get some free sightseeing in to see the city. So Turkish Airlines offer offers a free city tour for those with long layover times in Istanbul. And it's really cool because basically here's how it works. It's available to anyone who flies through Istanbul and has a six to 24 hour layover. Once you arrive, you head to the tour desk, clear customs, immigration, and then you go on your tour. So the tour is free and it's got a couple of different times that it operates during the day. And there's two options. The first option lasts three and a half hours or the other option is an 11 hour tour. Either way, there's a couple of restrictions. You got to be an international traveler, a passenger with a flight through Istanbul, and it's got to be ticketed on Turkish, which I think you have that and that's going to be okay. The website has all the information, but if you are arriving there at 5.15 a.m., like you had mentioned, it's perfect time to go take that 8 a.m. tour and then it wraps up at about 11.30 a.m. and it offers some great stops along the way. So the other good news is, and I hope no one else is bitter about this, but U.S. passport holders no longer need a visa or e-visa to get into Turkey. They just change this. So all you got to do is show up and take the tour. But if you don't like the free option, Serena, you got some other options as well, right? Right. Free is very nice, but you only have a choice between the three hour version and the 11 hour version. What if you want something in between? And I know you talked about resting, but you can rest on the plane. You have a life flat seat. That's what the plane is for. So you should be exploring Istanbul and you should know. So the Istanbul airport is 45 minutes away from the city for from all the sites in the city so it's going to take you some time to come back and forth and that is already built into the tour time so if you take that three-hour tour you're not going to have a lot of time left for sightseeing what i recommend and what i did is i booked a one-day tour which included a guide it was private and also transportation i do recommend having transportation because getting a taxi in istanbul on your own is hellish. So you always want to make sure you have your transportation booked ahead of time. So I booked my tour through Viator, but we had a fantastic time. I recommend seeing the Hagia Sophia, the Blue Mosque, the Basilica Cistern, and eat lots of yummy foods. And our tour guide was named Palin, and she was so fun. You should definitely request her. So please see the link in the show notes below for the Viator experience that I booked. My co-hosts have amazing options for you, Heather but the resident lounge lizard is here to help you out. The Istanbul 
business class lounge is one of the sought after lounge. It's one of the top lounges to visit. You have a freestanding grand piano that will serenade you, not with a player, but all by itself. You have a virtual driving range. You have places to sleep. You even have a lady making the Turkish version of pot stickers. There is so much for you to do in this lounge. So I think the perfect itinerary for you would be to go on a short tour, like Serena suggested, come back, take a nap at the lounge, and then spend all your time eating all the Turkish delights. Then take another nap on the flight and head back home. The Turkish business class lounge is not to be missed. Definitely get some rest so that you have all the energy to explore this massive lounge. And I expect you to report back and tell me the things that you loved about it. That is some great advice from everyone. Now, Heather, please promise us you're going to let us know what you do. And we want to see pictures of you in Turkish business class as well, enjoying your trip. So thank you, everyone. And I think we all need to say her name. Thank you, Heather. Heather quit touching. <laughs> <laughs> for sending us your video questions. It's so easy for you to be on our show. Simply drop us a line on any one of our social media channels or visit our website. Let's get to the points.com and we'll answer your question right here. Okay, it's almost time to wrap up. But before we do, we got a couple of questions from you on our social media channels and our website at letsgettothepoints.com. So if you're watching on Spotify or YouTube, we're going to put the questions on the screen for you as well. Best short quick responses. First question tonight comes from Mark and he asks, it's a new year. I know you got new credit cards. So what sign up are you currently working on right now? Miguel. I'm actually not working on a credit card, um, but I do really want to get the Alaska card. So that might be coming up and then soon. What about you, Nicole? Currently, I'm working on the American Express Blue Business Plus. That one gives you a whole year to earn the sign up bonus. So we're taking the long scenic route. How about you, Serena? Well, as you saw earlier in the show, I am now working on the Venture X business card. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> How about you, Mitch? I'm working on a retention offer, actually. Uh, Porritt's American Express Platinum, the annual fee came due. Uh, he got a retention offer for that. 30,000 points, 3K spins. So I'm trying to get that up before I forget to do it. Next question comes from Kanika and wants to know what is your biggest travel pet peeve miguel so i don't like when i'm sitting in an aisle and it's boarding and everybody that walks by me bumps into me i, I don't like sitting mm. in the aisle for that <laughs> just or people that were in a backpack and they just turn around and forgot their <laughs> my biggest pet peeve as you know many times i'm sitting in the back of the plane but when the person from seat 58 gets up but there's 57 other rows in front of you just sit <laughs> down and wait what about you serena for me it's on a plane when someone sneezes and doesn't cover their face face oh. that is just oh. ick mm. how about you mitch gate lice so annoying to me we were boarding in doha to go down to melbourne i'm going to show the video here probably one of the worst gate lice situations i've ever seen no one could stay seated they were calling for business class we had to push our way through all these people it was a huge mess but what are you going to do? Final question tonight comes from Jolie and they ask, how do you handle laundry while you are traveling? 
Miguel. So I usually just take like a laundry bag from the hotel and that's where I put on my dirty clothes and then just bring it home. If it's a longer <laughs> trip, then yeah, I might want to find a laundromat or something to, to wash them and put them back. But mm -hmm. What? You guys don't do that? No, we totally do it. I think it's just oh. funny. <laughs> what about you, Nicole? Laundry is the bane in my existence. I thought that person was going to ask about laundry at my house. I'm like, I'm not <laughs> but uh, for me, it poses a special challenge because I have to bring two sets of clothes. I also have to bring my running clothes. And so I can't bring enough running clothes for the amount of days that we're there. So normally I'm hand washing some clothes and hopefully I have a balcony. I'm hanging it out to dry or I'm hanging it up in the bathroom for it to dry. We've never had to wash our clothes. We usually bring just enough for the trip. And then like Miguel, we take the laundry bag, we put the dirty clothes in and we bring it back home. But I only wash the running clothes. How about you, Serena? Oh, wow. That's really good that you're able to do that. So on our recent trip, we actually did laundry twice because I didn't want to pack 20 days worth of clothes. I have to do this research ahead of time. So in Dubai, laundry services are very, very common. You can send out a whole bag of, of laundry and it's only 20 bucks. They'll wash and fold it to you and then drop it off at your hotel. It's very convenient. But in Vienna, that's not something they do at all. So we had to Uber to a laundromat and do our laundry there. In Japan, we had to walk five to 10 minutes to a laundromat to do our laundry there. So I always have to research this ahead of time so I know this is where we're going to do laundry. This is how many outfits we need to bring. I always have to plan ahead for that. How about you, Mitch? So love your response because that's exactly what I was going to say. And I can even be more specific. We were in Bangkok, had the same issue. We found this service. It's called Wash Drop. And it's exactly like what you just talked about. You take your bag of clothes, you drop them off at the hotel bell desk. They come pick them up, wash them, bring them all back to you. And it was only about $15 US for a big bag of clothes. And this wash drop, it's my favorite service that I found pretty much anywhere that we've ever been. Because here's why. Polret left about 15 Singaporean dollars in his pants pocket that we sent out to get washed. They sent it back they hid it in the clothes in a little plastic envelope bag. And I was just blown away by how oh, honest that was. Yeah, so that's great. Yeah, great service in Bangkok. It's called Wash Drop. And, you know, I'll put the link in the show notes as well. Thank you for your questions. We love answering them here on our show. And we really appreciate everyone writing in. Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel to get updates when we release a new episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a like and leave us a comment below. Also, feel free to subscribe subscribe to us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, and send us a DM if you have any thoughts or ideas on our show. And if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, we'd love it if you wrote us a five-star review for us there. That's it for now. I want to thank all of our hosts. Serena from Passion for Points. Bye, everyone. Miguel from The Travel Sergeant. Hey, later. Nicole from Nicole's Travel Tips. See you guys next week. And I'm Mitch Shannon from C2 a Suite. You can find out more about us at our website, letsgettothepoints.com. And we'll all see you here next Friday. Thanks for watching and listening. Let's get to the point.